The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What a world! Welcome on all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Radio your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, September 7th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. That was my dog, Bear. And that you are excited because the NFL is back tonight. All right? Tonight. Tonight. It all began tonight. One of the greatest songs in uh, the history of really show business. Uh, But just I am so pumped. You are so pumped. We're all so pumped. The NFL regular season Chiefs lines cannot wait. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be great. It's going to be incredible. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, well, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. But uh, the NFL is finally back and not in the, the fake ways that it's back so many times, right? The new league year and, you know, training camp beginning and first padded practice and preseason games and all. No, like there's an actual NFL game on tonight, which is super duper exciting. But again, the Cowboys playing uh, a couple of days from now, three days from now to be exact, Sunday, September 10th. Uh, the Cowboys, the uh, the nightcap Sunday night football on NBC Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, Melissa Stark. It's going to be incredible. Basically, uh, the like Cowboys slot, uh, if Chris Collinsworth could have his way, obviously he said that NBC uh, would broadcast nothing but Dallas Cowboys games. It's hard to, to disagree with him. We, I know we had some fun with that a couple of weeks ago, but I'm so pumped. Um, I really am. Um, I, and, and before we kind of get to today's episode, I just wanted to say because it's the you know, it's the episode of the Ocho for week one. And I know you've heard from me a couple of times already this week um, on the round table and the mixtape, but um, this is the Ocho. So it's my show. So I, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, if you have, um, if you have chosen to make blog of the boys a part of your Dallas Cowboys experience, uh, if you've chosen to listen to our podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel or read our website, obviously first and foremost, or if you have chosen to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or threads or whatever, if you do multiple of these things. If you've done them for several years now, um, that just means so much to me. Uh, I, I cannot believe I'm, I'm so 
incredibly blessed um, to be able to do what I do for a living. And it obviously comes to a forefront this time of year. And, and that's a really exciting thing, but I'm just so grateful. Uh, I really am that there are people who like what I do, who appreciate what I do. Uh, and that's not lost on me. And that's not lost on us at Blog on the Boys. We take it very seriously uh, to make sure that we're giving you the best and highest quality Dallas Cowboys coverage that we can. And we obviously have a vested interest. We want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl more than we want most things. Um, and we're always going to be honest with you. We're always going to shoot you straight. And um, we're hopeful that we can have a lot of fun in the process. That's kind of my belief and, and my sort of disposition when it comes to the blog and the boys universe. And so if you've chosen to make a home in any part of it, it really does mean an incredible amount to me and my family. Um, so thank you very much. And, and so begins um, another season. This is my I don't even know what. Um, you know, doing this professionally and for a living. And so um, I'm just really excited and I'm really grateful. And I don't know how that it's going to end, but I can promise you one thing. And it is that it is going to be one hell of a ride. It is always that way. I mean, whether it's good or bad, it is memorable. So uh, that is the way the Dallas Cowboys like to rock. Uh, but again, um, the season starts on Sunday night on the road against the New York Giants, and a win goes a long way. I know that Mark and Sean talked about this on Monday on Hidden Yardage. You get to 1-0, and and I mean, obviously half the league is 1-0, and but you're 1-0 in general, you're 1-0 in the division, and you're 1-0 on your three road divisional games on the year. You're already done traveling to New York, one of the you know, technically colder places you have an opportunity to visit every year. Uh, it just so happens that it comes um, in, in the second week of September in 2023. And so um, you get this win, you're in first place in the NFC East, and that's a big deal. And then you come home and, and you face Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the big bad, you know, boogeyman who you've never beaten in your building. And for what it's worth, Cowboys have the Jets on a short week. They have an advantage, right? So you're, you're able to kind of put yourself in that position and you start kind of believing and maybe you you pick up that win too. You're 2-0, then you're on the road against the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like it, it can snowball really quickly, right? And, and that's kind of life in the NFL and you don't want to look too far ahead. You want to kind of live in the moment. And so that brings us back to where we're at and that's the New York Giants. And um, every week here on the Ocho, the goal is to, you know, have some discussion kind of like we're having right now, but also bring in somebody who covers the team that the Cowboys are playing, uh, have an interview available for you uh, to get some inside and, and glean some wisdom, obviously, on who the Cowboys are going to be playing and, and what we can expect, maybe things we don't know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the goal is to, to have these interviews available for you, not just here on the Ocho, but in a visual capacity as well on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. And you can view this interview. Um, you know, sometimes there are situations and you can, you know, some people can't do video or whatever the case may be. But uh, thankfully, our guest today uh, was able to. So if you want to see the beautiful, beautiful face of Ed Valentine, head on over to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. That is our guest today. Uh, if you're newer around here, uh, we've had Ed on several times when it comes to Cowboys Giants games. He is the me at SB Nation that covers the New York Giants. So he runs our, our New York Giants website, Big Blue View. Um, if you don't don't check out the other SB Nation blogs um, on a regular basis. I mean, hey, you know, that makes sense. But they are really helpful, you know, when the Cowboys are playing that team because that site, you know, lives and breathes their team the way we do the Cowboys. And so um, it's really helpful to kind of see what, what quotes are happening or what news is happening relative to the team, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I encourage you to check that out as Michael Brantley uh, hits a home run in the top of the second inning in Arlington. I know that's a sore subject for a lot of you right now. It's been a tough week. Uh, for, uh, for my Astros tweets, to say the least, given uh, a lot of my followers. But uh, sorry about that. But anyway, um, Ed is awesome. He's great. Um, nobody knows or covers the Giants like he does. And so um, I sat down with him for full uh, 
clarity, uh, I did say this in the interview, Ed and I sat down on Tuesday evening. Uh, that was just the way the schedule worked out. Um, it doesn't seem, I'm recording this on Wednesday at about 7.30 Central uh, in the evening, obviously, and uh, nothing really changed. So there's nothing that really got dated from our conversation. Uh, but Ed kind of gave us the 101 on the Giants. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation. So if you want to... Um, you know, watch it. You can head on over to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, but I won't hold you back any longer. Joining us next from SB Nation's Big Blue View, it is Ed Valentine. And I recognized I uh, messed up the way that I normally put those words. So Ed Valentine from SB Nation's Big Blue View joins us next right here on the Ocho. Pleased now to be joined by the one and only, the legendary, internationally famous, I think he's playing Radio City Music Hall later on this week. You know him, you love him from SB Nation's Big Blue View, the main man over there, the main man for all of us. It is Ed Valentine. Ed, thank you so much for uh, venturing across enemy lines ahead of week one. Well, anytime, RJ. How are you? You know, I'm not so sure that anybody would uh, w- would want to hear me sing, so I don't know about Radio City, but... Well, I didn't know, you know, there's stand up there. You know what I mean? You're a funny guy. Uh, it, it can be a, try. A, a variety of, uh, you know, method of entertainment. Uh, maybe talking about, um, you know, the comedy that has been the New York Giants that no longer is the New York Giants. That's the story these days, Ed. These Giants are different. They're for real. I mean, this isn't the same old group that the Dallas Cowboys led by Dak Prescott have beaten 10 times in a row. No, it's not. This is, you know, this is a team that made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game, and now you can you can snicker at that because it was the 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 fake Minnesota the, the Minnesota Vikings with the fake thirteen and four record. Let's put it that way. So it was I, believe, the Vikings. I believed in the Vikings. I thought I find that to be a quality playoff win. So there's no snickering happening here in my perspective. No, I you know, but playoff win is a playoff win. The Vikings got there. They did win thirteen games. This is a team that has, you know, Joe Shane admitted at the end of the 2022 season, he admitted that there was a talent gap between the Giants and at that time the teams that were remaining, the 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 Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, you know, the the top three, four, five teams. And, you know, you can throw Dallas in there too. You know, because Dallas has been ahead of the Giants for how many years now? I don't even I don't even want to count. So don't don't answer that question. That's just we just we know. All right. It's out there. But he admitted that there's a talent gap. And I'm curious to see if the Giants have closed it enough to where to where they win one of these games. I mean, the Giants were one, four and one in the division last year and still managed to make the playoffs. They've lost to Dallas 11 out of 12 times. And if the Giants are ever going to to make that leap to being a a consistent playoff team, then these games against Dallas and and Philly eventually have to become, you know, 60-40 kind of games. They have to become games where the Giants Giants win some of them. And, and, And I'm curious to see where this goes. I think that's really well said. Uh, you mentioned the 11 out of 12. That states back, or dates back to the beginning of the 2017 season. Of course, the Giants swept the Cowboys uh, during Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Um, that was the last great Giants team before last year, obviously, kind of revitalized the organization. Um, the one win um, I would offer uh, came against the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys in the final week of 2020. And then there was the, the Doug Peterson throw game that Joe Judge and everybody got all huffed and puffed about. 
Uh, Dallas did go to New York last year and win with Cooper Rush at quarterback, which was kind of a hallmark of the Cowboys at the time early in the season. Um, and so I think everyone's with you, Ed. I think um, at least my vantage point is these aren't the same Giants. These aren't two games you can just kind of, you know, chill and, and kind of float your way through. I do view them. I think that's a great way to put it as 60-40 propositions at the very least now. Some would say even 50-50 because this Giants team is better. It's only a three-point spread at the time you and I are talking, although Dallas is the visiting team. Um, and a lot of that is that the personnel is different. Darren Waller is now a factor. Saquon's back. I think Jalen Hyatt is one of the more underrated, you know, sleepers for rookie of the year right now across the entire NFL. It was a huge bummer to see him wind up in New York. And it although ultimately does come back to Daniel Jones, do you feel like this is the best giant? Actually, I'll change the question. This is the best cast of Giants offensive personnel since when? Oh, goodness. Oh, you know, I want to say since the the Beckham Barkley Manning Giants, but the Beckham Barkley Manning Giants didn't get a whole lot done. Right. So this might be the best overall cast of characters since Manning, Cruz, Nicks, Jacobs, Bradshaw, right. Manningham, right. Derek Ward. It might, you know, and, and a quality offensive line. You might have to go back that far. The really interesting thing, RJ, and I wrote about it on Tuesday at Big Blue View, this Giants team is better on paper. There's no doubt about it. Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. They added a couple of defensive tackles for depth. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez. They, they drafted John Michael Schmitz to play center in the right. second round. This is, this is a better roster. But this Giants team, look at the schedule that they play, the travel that they've got to face, the fact that they play, I think, five or six games on short weeks this year. They face a difficult schedule. They're a better team that might not win as many games as they won last year. It's just one of those crazy years. I think that's well said. Uh, four of their first six are on the road. Five of the first six are against playoff teams from a year ago. Obviously, uh, this game is against the Cowboys. And um, this division is the most historical one in the NFL. Um, it obviously is the only one that is comprised of nothing but Super Bowl winners in the NFL. I think you and I both wish that weren't the case, right? Like, you know. Like, miss me with all the – I hated everybody that was rooting for the Eagles in 2017 to avoid the Patriots or passing the Cowboys. That was so dumb. It never made any sense. Uh, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and so the division rivalries go way back. And for a while, when I was – I would say when I was at a formative age, um, Cowboys-Giants was the ticket. Cowboys-Eagles has kind of become the, the face of the NFC East right now in these modern times. But that Tony Romo, Eli Manning era really was, you know – when those teams would face off, you knew it was going to be a battle. And I don't know that I feel that quite brewing yet, but I mean, the Giants are no longer facing 180 degrees due south. Brian Dable has done an incredible job. Joe Shane, Daniel Jones has turned a corner. And so this game, I think to me, you, you tell me maybe I'm assigning too much pressure to it. Marks, it carries a lot of pressure for the Giants because if you lose, it's, well, we've lost 12 out of 13 to Dallas, right? It's the same old, same old. But if you win, it's okay. The The darkest part of the night really is over. We're starting to do things that we hadn't done in a very long time. Absolutely. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that the Giants from GM Joe Shane to the coaching staff to the players, the Giants are are trying to play the, hey, we went to the playoffs last year and we only won one division game, you know, and but but that's not sustainable. 
We know that. If you're going to be a consistent playoff team, you've got to do well in your division. And they're trying to play the it's, – it's one out of 17 games, and this one doesn't right. mean any more than the other 16. And, and you know what? That's a boatload full of crap. They know it. I know it. You know it. We all know that if they're going to be a serious annual contender in this division, they've got to beat the Cowboys on occasion. They've got to beat the Eagles on occasion. You can't just beat up on the Commanders. Who mm-hmm. The Commanders aren't that easy to beat up on anymore either. You know, they're, they're not. They're just not that easy to beat up on either. So, so you've got to win one of these games. And let's be real. This is week one at MetLife Stadium, a game where Mike McCarthy has admitted probably at least a third of what the Cowboys see from the Giants, and it'll be the same on the other side, is stuff that they haven't been able to prepare for. It's stuff they haven't seen on film. So for me, if the Giants are going to get the Cowboys, this is the week when it sets up. The Giants are healthy. Jones is healthy. Barkley's healthy. Waller's healthy. All the, the key defensive guys are healthy. You know, everybody's there. So this is the one that sets up like, like this is the one. I don't want to say that they should win, but this is the one where, I, where it feels like there's an opportunity. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Sure. And it's a big opportunity to start off a season 1-0, 1-0 in the division. Um, an example I always point to is those 2015 Cowboys. Tony Romo got hurt in week two. They won that game. Dallas did that second game of the year. And they were 2-0 in general, but 2-0 in the division. They beat New York in the opener, and they beat Philadelphia. And that 2-0 in the division kept them alive. I mean, through all the losing, I mean, that is a really powerful mark that you can achieve. And obviously to get to two and now you got to get to one and now. Ed, what is the the strength of the giants that, that we're not seeing? Because right now, what, what gives me the most pause, maybe this isn't it. Um, Tyler Smith, Cowboys left guards dealing with a hamstring thing that popped up on Monday. Cowboys are saying it's minor. I'm terrified of Dexter Lawrence. I'm just, I'm terrified of the giants pass rush of Kayvon Thibodeau roaring to life in his second season. Is that the, the hidden strength that nobody's really, talking about at this point or is it somewhere else you're terrified of sexy dexy the dancing yeah. machine and that great big that great 
big, beautiful smile of Dexter Lawrence. You're terrified of that. Yeah, he keeps giving me up at and, night this week. Yeah. And, and you absolutely should be. You absolutely should be. He's one of the best five interior defensive linemen in the league. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he's better this year than he was last year. Mm. What what we saw last year, Andre Patterson is a longtime NFL defensive line coach, was with the Minnesota Vikings forever and ever, coached Daniil Hunter, coached Linval Joseph to some of the best years in his career, coached John Randall, coached a ton of top-tier defensive linemen. And the difference in Dexter Lawrence from pre-Andre Patterson to post-Andre Patterson, which was just last year, the difference is night and day. I talked to Andre Patterson about Dexter, and, and he said, look, he was always like the biggest, baddest, nastiest guy in the room, and he would just throw people aside. He didn't have to learn any technique. He didn't have to learn the ins and outs of, of actually how to do it. And now that he's learned to focus on that, you know, he's still, what, 26 years old? Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of really good football ahead of him. But I think if you want to talk about unheralded strengths of the Giants, you've also got Leonard Williams sure. you know, in there at defensive tackle. You've got the Giants went out, and they were bad against the run last year. They were very poor against the run. They added Ashawn Robinson. They added Raheem Nunez-Rochez. They drafted Jordan Riley, who nobody saw coming in the seventh round. Jordan Riley is a six foot five, three hundred and twenty five or thirty pound monster, and this this kid is absolutely going to outplay being drafted in the seventh round. This kid, you're familiar with NFL mock draft database, right? Of course. This kid was somewhere around five hundred and seventieth on the NFL mock draft database. Nobody other than the New York Giants was going to draft this guy. And the kid is a run-stopping monster. And you're looking at, so you're looking at the down lineman, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, <coughs> who I think have only scratched the surface of their abilities. You're looking at an interior group that signed Bobby Okereke, you know, to play the off-ball linebacker spot. And everybody in New York wants to see what Wink Martindale has in store for Isaiah Simmons. Totally. So, so I think potentially that defensive front seven, and again, we're talking potential because right. we haven't seen it. Potentially that defensive front seven could just be outstanding. I'm with you. Um, I think it gets forgotten that New York went into halftime in the most recent matchup on Thanksgiving Day with the lead. Um, and I wouldn't be stunned, right? Some of it is the the week one sleepwalking that you tend to see. But if if this defensive front is just a little bit too stout and the Cowboys haven't quite, you know, like we you talked about the third, you know, of things that they haven't seen, if they're just a little bit out of sorts um, and New York's able to get out to an early lead, maybe there's like a, a Jalen Hyatt big time bomb of a touchdown that kind of sets things up. That's That's definitely my worst fear as I look at this game. Um, the other side of that coin, what is the uh, maybe the the not so discussed uh, out of, you know, niceness um, weakness of the Giants? I think if I ask Cowboys fans, 
what's the biggest weakness on this team or, or what are you least afraid of? They would probably say the quarterback. They would say Daniel Jones, um, just because there are other elements that I can talk myself into a little bit more than I can Jones specifically. Well, let's not talk about Daniel Jones because we can always do that. And I think that, you know, Daniel Jones still has doubters in the New York Giants fan base. I think that Daniel Jones is what he is at this point. He's a good quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. He's not Justin Herbert. You know, he's not Joe Burrow. He's a good quarterback. He can win games. On this subject, Ed, um, so I saw this last week, and I knew that you and I would be talking. Um, this was a very interesting post at BigBlueView.com, everybody's uh, home base for New York Giants content. Uh, your staff, you all discussed how many quarterbacks you would trade Daniel Jones for. And I didn't realize that there was a, a ton of dissension, um, I guess, or division among Giants fans. Maybe, maybe, I imagine maybe there are some that still aren't happy that the Giants paid him, although I think you had to. I think it was the right decision. Oh, there was uh, there was no there was really no other choice unless you wanted to go into the draft and right. blow things up and start over again. Totally and, with you. And at 40 million a year, it's, you didn't have to pay him market rate as in terms of relative market rate it was a it was a fine deal um, the thing the thing about 40 million dollars a year rj and people still go daniel jones got 40 if you look at it 40 million dollars is in this market when you but you know joe burrow's about to get an extension oh yeah two is going to get an extension soon justin herbert's going to get an extension trevor lawrence is going to get an extension $40 million is middle-tier quarterback money. Kirk Cousins got $35 million three or four years ago. So it's mid-tier quarterback money. It's basically what you have to pay if you have anything above garbage at quarterback in the NFL these days. I agree. It's not quite journeyman backup quarterback money yet, but it is, you know, the standard kind of, you know, almost vet minimum if you're a qualified mm -hmm. quarterback at this point. But so the list of quarterbacks you would trade Daniel Jones for Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. You did not include Dak Prescott on this list. Um, you had a little blurb on several players, um, and your blurb on Dak was he's had better talent around him. In my view, he's not better than Jones. So see, this is and, this was and, interesting. And and I think, see, there's so many things that went into answering that question. Okay, because that question's not how many quarterbacks are better than Daniel Jones. Okay. The to your point, the, the prompt was, who would you trade him for? Who would you trade him for? And how old is Dak right now? He just turned 30 this summer. He just turned 30. And age plays into it. My, my feeling on Dak Prescott is he's a good quarterback, but he's four years older than Daniel Jones. And in my view, when you look at the Cowboys annually, the Cowboys are always spoken about as a title contender. They have not gotten close in Dak Prescott's time. And what that tells me, I don't, I'm not looking at passing stats. I'm not looking at number of touchdowns. I'm looking at has Dak Prescott gotten the most out of the team around him? And I can't answer that with a yes. And that makes me, and that, and be, 
and also because he's four years older than Jones. You know, because I can't answer that with a yes is why I wouldn't trade Jones for Prescott right now. I would offer that maybe he hasn't gotten the most out of the team. And the team's obviously gotten a lot better, especially defensively over the last two years. Um, but he has shown signs of being an elite passer, an elite quarterback. And to the to this point, I think the Giants got close. I think if you reach the divisional round, you're close. I mean, you know, you're you're two rounds away from the Super Bowl. It's um, so you know, Dak I mean Prescott, I'll be honest, Dak Prescott is one of the you know, if you, you put those guys that I put on the list in one place and you put this other bucket of quarterbacks in another place and Dax is in that in that middle bubble of a handful of guys where I had to think about that one, you know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not dismissing it out of hand. I I think just based on age and based for me on the fact that that I still think there's more coming from Daniel Jones that I just wouldn't do it. I mean, we'll see that's, and that's really kind of what this season and this game back to the kind of potential sure. weakness or whatever is about for the giants, right? Like yeah. you can have, you know, this talented front seven, you can have Saquon and Paris Campbell and Darren Waller and Jalen Hyatt can become <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. But if Daniel Jones can't be the straw that stirs the drink, then a lot of it is for not and, now. Some, some teams can and- overcome that. And I'm expecting you're you're absolutely right. And and I'm expecting, and I think we saw this in the way that the Giants treated Saquon Barkley over the offseason. Sure. Okay. We can talk about we know that the the money that the Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott, I think Jerry Jones probably wishes he hadn't done that. Because we've seen, and not that Ezekiel Elliott was a terrible player, but let's be real, Tony Pollard was better than Ezekiel Elliott the last two years. Totally. And and Tony Pollard wasn't the one making the money. Right. And the, the Cowboys were really exhibit A for the last couple of years of 100%. why you don't need to pay big money to running backs. Because if you block well, if you run a good scheme, if you have a running back who can hit a hole, who can catch a pass, he doesn't need to be sake one or he doesn't need to be christian mccaffrey for you to have a good running attack and and get and get plus play out of that position plus we see it over and over you pay guys their second contract and what you pay them for is what they did on their first contract and you pay them for declining performance right and and so i get it but i think that the other thing is the Giants last year were built around Saquon Barkley. He had 352 touches for the second time in his career. And I think that was second or third in the league. I wouldn't doubt if he doesn't hit 300 touches this year, even if he plays all 17 games. I think they are building an offense and building a team that is quarterback wide receiver centric and not running back centric. And I think that that's part of why they didn't want to pay him big money. Well, if Daniel Jones can elevate things then it'll have been worth it. But even then, I mean, the contract isn't so abysmal that they can't get out of it in the future and start over or whatever. That's just kind of the times in the NFL. That's the other thing that, that I tell people all the time because people get, you know, how fans are, they see four years and $160 million and it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, they, 
are they doing? We're tied to this guy for the rest of my life. You know, the Giants are tied to Daniel Jones for two years. Sure. There's no guaranteed money after two years. This is this is Daniel Jones and coincidentally Saquon Barkley because the Giants can tag Saquon again next year. This is a two-year window for Daniel Jones to show the Giants that he can be the guy that that he kind of hinted he could be last year. And if he shows he's not that guy, then two years from now they'll move on. You know, and and they didn't tie themselves to this guy for five years. They didn't do what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And what did the Eagles tie themselves to to Jalen Hurts until like the year three thousand or something? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's all about those void years. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's that's why I've, Howie I've Roseman never, gets all the love. I, I've never seen a contract with so many void years. What's he got? Like eight void years in that deal? <laughs> it's it's definitely it's, special. It's 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 very special, but but. So, so we'll see what happens with, with Jones and, and it's an interesting debate and I might be wrong. We'll see. We'll, you know, but it's a, again, it's a, what would I do today? Not, not what would I do at the end of the 2023 season? So we'll see. I might be wrong. You know, Dak's a, Dak's a heck of a player and, and my not putting him on that list was not meant as an insult. It was just meant as, you know, right now, I think, the Giants are good where they're at, except for these guys that are clearly, you know, clearly the the annual MVP candidate kind of guys. Um, okay, let's get to this game, Ed. Now, uh, for full disclosure, full transparency for everybody, Ed and I are recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, so circumstances are allowed to change, whatever. We're going to air this, Ed, or release it on Thursday. Um, so again, just so everyone's aware of timing and whatnot. But at the moment, at 7.30 Eastern on Tuesday evening, Cowboys are three-point favorites over the Giants, um, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Would you take that, you know, taking the Giants, taking the points, taking the Giants to win outright? Where's your heart at uh, with a few days to go? Oh, geez. You, you, you see my shirt, right? You see my yeah. shirt today, right? I thought that was your beach shirt. You know what I mean? I thought that was that was the old, you know, disgusting beach shirt that you wore, you know? No, no, no. This is... I don't know where I got this one from, but but it's funny. I don't wear Giants clothes very often, but but I just happen to I happen to have this on today. And you know, I I think I mean if I was going to bet the game, I would probably take the Giants and the points. You know, I just think but I, I think as we've talked about, I I think if the Giants are capable at this point, if they're capable of getting over that hump and making themselves into a team that has to be considered, you know, it's for how many years now has it been Philadelphia and Dallas? It's been like two divisions. It's been Philadelphia and Dallas, you know, and then the AAA part of the division has been the Giants <laughs> and the Commanders. You know, how many years has it been that way? I mean, I would, you know, I would honestly say. And I, I mean, I, I have well, not really considered the Giants a threat or been worried. Just for me, I don't know if this is helpful for you, but been worried about the Giants since maybe. So there was the the Odell game, which the Cowboys won. That, that was a, also a Sunday night game in New York. That was a, a down to the wire. Tony Romo hit Des Bryant for the game winning touchdown in the final minutes. That was the last time that a game against the Giants truly felt kind of scary to me. Um, mm-hmm. e- even the 2015 opener, which required the Romo heroics. It, that that felt like Dallas shooting themselves in the foot to me. I, it didn't really feel like the Giants were, you know, really up to par. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a it's I would say almost a decade that I have been worried about yeah. the Jets. Yeah, it, it's been a minute. And I think and, and I understand that. Believe me, I do. I understand that because when you you know, when you go for, through a five year stretch where you're tied with the Jets for the worst record <laughs> in football, they have very, very little to brag about. But I'm going to take the Giants to win a squeaker here just just because I've talked enough about how much they really need to win this game, and they know it. They know it. And and it's been a long time since MetLife Stadium really and truly rocked and really and truly was an advantage for the Giants. And, and if if they're going to show that that they're going to progress from last year, you know, this is huge. This is a huge way to open the season. I'll pick the Giants to win a really, really tight game. But, but you know, but I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be shocked if they walk out of their 0-1 either. Um, I'm very excited to see MetLife kind of buzzed and, and juiced. Um, you're right. It, it is a different thing. I mean, I don't know that it's among the, like, premier home field advantages in the NFL, but it is cool to see it, um, you know, kind of, you know, moving and grooving. Um mm-hmm. I'm sure it's annoying to hear the jet life stuff. Also, that was like, I mean, it, it, it's not even clever at this point for Aaron Rodgers to call. Like how many I'm, I'm certain that Aaron Rodgers is a punk. I'm just saying I'm certain by now, 5,000 people have made that joke to you. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't yep. like a clever or a unique or original joke, uh, but whatever. Um, I'll, I'm going to take the Cowboys obviously, but I really do yeah. hope it's a good game. Um, it should be, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. You know, I think that, that the Giants, we all know that the Giants have been trying to climb up that mountain for a long time, and and I just think this is a good this is this is a good test to see where the Giants are on that ladder at this point. Mm. All right. Well, um, actually, last one for you, Ed. Um, mm-hmm. Predict the coin toss, heads or tails. <sighs> heads. God <laughs> okay. only knows. Okay. God only knows why I said that. Yeah, whatever. Either uh, way. Awesome. Well, Ed Valentine, everybody check out Big Blue View this season for all your New York Giants coverage. It's a, a great practice the week the Cowboys are playing the Giants or even when they're not, just to kind of keep an eye on the enemy and what's going on over there. Ed does a great job uh, running that ship. So, Ed Valentine, you're the best. You're the most handsome be- person I know. What's uh, that? I don't know. But then, then you really don't know very many people, RJ. I was just going to say, you'll be over on my show eventually this week, too, probably Friday, probably for yeah. Friday show. We're chopping it yeah. up. I mean, it's um, it's we're doing all the things. We're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Ed Valentine, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I want to give a big-time shout-out, big-time thank you to Ed Valentine for taking the time to join us to talk Cowboys, talk Giants, talk the division. Look, it cannot be easy to show up here and then have, you know, the Yahoo that is RJ be like, so your team has lost 10 games in a row to Dak Prescott, right? But look, I can't not ask that, right? I mean, it's not my fault. <laughs> so uh, let's hope it, it, it's 11 on uh, on Sunday night. Um, not at the Meadowlands, but but at MetLife. Wow, why don't they call that the MetLife Flames? They should call it that. Um, whatever. But anyway, uh, seriously, um, I am definitely more weary of the Giants than I have been in the last five, six years. Um, I met what I told Ed the last time I was probably – you know, this nervous or this anxious heading into a Cowboys game in New York was the night that Odell had the catch. Um, that was in um, November of 2014, I believe was the month November. Uh, yeah, it was because it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But um, 
it should be fun. Should be a good time. So hopefully the Cowboys come out on top, get to one and zero, and we can start looking forward to uh, the second half of this Sinatra-style start to the season for the Cowboys. New York, New York. Um, thank you, Bear, for scratching your your um, your bed while I'm in the middle of my um, what is that? Um, I was gonna say bravado. Um, I don't know, whatever. No, I'm not a singer, obviously. Uh, but anyway, uh, so thanks to Ed. Hopefully the Cowboys get to 1-0. Um, next time you hear from me, it will be following the game. We'll be live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, Twitch channel, and Facebook page for a live edition of the post game, as we are after every single Dallas Cowboys game. Make sure you check out blogontheboys.com. Follow us all over social media. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads at RJ Ochoa, on TikTok at RJ... <coughs> Don Ocho, excuse me. Um, just trying to get through. You know what I mean? Like, we got to get to week one and be in the proper and right shape. So, uh, I hope you have the best day ever. I hope you have the greatest day of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you mañana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.